Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. We're offering you a free trial of Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that trial, and then explore uh, not just the audiobook, uh, but also the other content that is there. Uh, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to join Enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for uh, small business, leadership, sales, social media, you name it. Uh, and that's because of the guests. Uh, these are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no exception. My guest today is John Briggs. John is the founder and CEO of Insight Tax and Accounting, the author of Profit First for Micro Gyms, and a specialist in accounting services for gyms with more gym clients than any other firm in the U.S. He's also the owner of a gym himself, GSL Fitness. Through all of this, John seeks to give brick-and-mortar entrepreneurs the work-life balance that they need to grow, scale, and succeed without suffering through the typical culture of overwork and paying your dues that often leads to burnout. Thanks so much for joining me today, John. Yeah, thanks for having me, Diane. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I want to jump right into this and have you talk some about what you see as the greatest challenge that business owners face concerning their finances, if you would. Yeah. The, the thing that comes to mind most is the healthy cash flow of the business. Um, I think we underestimate as business owners, the possibility of burnout, like we're in it, we're the entrepreneur, we're the business owner, 
we're wearing all these different hats. We just go, 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 go. And a lot of times without proper cash flow strategies in place, the business owner finds themselves having worked their tail off and they don't feel like they have anything to show for it. And usually when that happens, the decline of far, as far as motivation and then subsequently the business happens pretty quickly. Um, and so I, I think it's one of the biggest risks is that if we just put our heads down and we keep working and we don't always take the time to think about the profitability of everything that we're doing inside of the business. Um, yeah, that's what comes to mind. Yeah, 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 I totally get it. I think um, I, I hear that a lot, actually, from small business owners. They are they they start a business, they dive right into it, they're going, 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 and all of a sudden one day they go, wow, I am working so hard and I'm not making any money. And <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> it's just this <laughs> like bizarre realization. Uh, so, um, which, which is interesting because, you know, so you have this book, uh, Profit First for Microgyms, and I like this concept of Profit first, because I think a lot of small business owners look at revenue, but not profit. So explain what you mean by profit first, if you would. Yeah, totally. Um, so the original profit first book was written by Mike Michalowicz, and it is for like, it's a generic book for all business owners. And it's amazing. It's what is the first book I found. And then having worked with Mike for years, he gave us the opportunity, some of us who have a lot of concentration in certain industries to write a book for that industry. Um, so when it comes to profit first, think of it, it's just, it sounds a lot sexier than saying cash for the benefit of the owner, but that's what it really means. We want business owners to realize they are the most important employee of the business. So they should be paying themselves a market rate for what they're doing inside of the business. Instead of saying, oh, it's okay, I'll fall on the sword and I won't pay myself this time. I'll make sure all the other stuff is paid first. Um, so profit first in the form of cash for the benefit of the owner. And like you said, oh man, they, it's so easy to focus on revenue. Um, it's, it's just, it's sexier. And we have marketing people who sell marketing services and then we fall into the trap of, oh yeah, of course. I, yeah, I need that. I need to get that. And I need to increase my revenue. But we don't realize that without proper boundaries in place, uh, oftentimes our expenses can increase at the same pace, if not faster than our income, if we're not careful. So yeah. profit first is a system that allows us to be strategic about the, the way we handle our cash. And almost, I mean, Dave Ramsey says, spend it on paper first. It's kind of like that concept. Let's let's put the money toward different commitments first, then we can look at the money we have left over to run the business. Okay, so thank you for that. So, so let's talk about cash flow. Um, I, I mean, I know it's important, uh, but can you talk some about like what a cash flow management system would look like and at what stage a business really absolutely has to have one. Yeah. And let me start with um, the, the reason that um, we need this cash flow thing is because of this thing called Parkinson's law. 
Um, and I think it's important for us to just recall in our minds what this law means. And I'll, and I'll illustrate it with an experience I had. I, I was a controller for a door-to-door sales company and being a controller is kind of a typically boring job. And one day the president of the company comes running into the office. He's like, John, you better hot, like hide, lock the doors. Don't let anyone know that you're here. And I'm like, okay, what's going on, man? Um, Cause we had just had the previous weekend, an end of year celebration for this company. And we are celebrating $30 million in revenue. And in this end of year celebration, we hand out commission checks to the sales reps. And they were large checks, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 checks. And he says, well, uh, the owner was working on getting a million dollar loan and he didn't get it. So the first flag should be going off is, wait, the company did $30 million and the owner needed a million dollar loan? Right. Uh, yeah, he needed the loan to cover the checks that we had written. Oh. And because he didn't get it, everyone's paychecks were bouncing. Oh my goodness. And he's like, because he didn't get it, if you rewrite those checks when all of these uh, employees come in and sales reps come in to get another check, those are going to bounce too. So we need you to make yourself scarce and hide. Well, um, how, do, how, does a, how does a company that does $30 million in revenue not have enough money to cover payroll? Right. A couple months earlier, um, about six months earlier, we're sitting in an executive meeting and I'm going over the numbers with them. And I introduced them to this super sexy spreadsheet. And on this spreadsheet, I laid out for them and I showed them for every sale that the company was making, they were keeping $8, Ooh. which is a 1% margin. And that's really bad. Businesses can't yeah. sustain that. <laughs> so um, I told them, I go, hey, you know, there's this crazy idea. It's really new and innovative though. And I think if we introduce it here, it might make a big difference. Now this was pre-profit first. So I, I told them like, it's called a budget. <laughs> Like, John, you're so paranoid. We don't need a budget. We'll just sell more. Aye. So, you know, fast forward to this experience. And I'm like, well, do you believe me now that we need a budget? So this, what happened, $30 million, $20,000, it doesn't matter. Parkinson's law is in effect, whether like we're aware of it or not. And the way that works is the law says, the demand, the demand for something expands to match the supply. And if we think about how most business owners run their business, you have one business bank account. Think of that business bank account as a giant pile of supply. And your expenses are going to continue to expand to match the cash available you have to spend. And that's what yeah. happened with these guys. One bank account, whatever money was in the account, they just, hey, let's spend it. It's there, it's good. So we, with Profit First, we say, look, we're not gonna reinvent human psychology here. We know that this is gonna happen. So the way the cash management system works is we say, we need to realize we have commitments to other things other than operating expenses. Some of those commitments are gonna be paying yourself, giving yourself a profit distribution for the risk of owning the company, uh, you're going to be profitable using this system. So you're going to owe some tax. You better save up money for that. Uh, you have team members maybe, um, but certainly then you have operating expenses left. So 
we recommend the way the system works is kind of like uh, the envelope system that some of us are familiar with and that our parents were familiar with, which is let's put the money in that envelope. In this case, we're saying a separate bank account. Let's put the money in a separate bank account for that specific purpose. So that now when I look at the money in my operating account, I've taken care of all the other big commitments that I know exist. Now I can force myself to use the money in the operating expense account to run my business. Um, so here are the different accounts we recommend. Income account, and this account purely receives your customer deposits. It's its sole purpose. And you empty it out once a week or twice a month. Then you have owner's pay to pay yourself for working in the business. Then you have a profit account, kind of serves as a rainy day fund and a profit distribution once a quarter. You have the tax account, which is for your income tax burden, because we say, if you're paying yourself out of your owner's pay account, I don't want you to have to also take money out of that and set it aside to pay taxes. The business is generating the tax burden. Let's have the business cover that tax. So that's what the tax bucket is for. And then the operating expense account. Those are the main five accounts we recommend. And um, you mentioned when it comes to a system, the system then is regularly, as I mentioned, we recommend no more than once a week, um, but at least twice a month. The business owner sits down and they take all the money that's in their income account and they transfer it into these separate bank accounts. That way, they've now said to Mr. Parkinson and his law, they say, hey, look, I see you. I know you exist, but now I have boundaries around it. And now, yeah, I can spend all the money in my operating expense account and not get myself in trouble when it comes to tax time or fear of burnout because I know that I'm at least paying myself something. Wow, that's great. That, that is, it makes so much sense. So <laughs> it's really, you know, that, that's what's so interesting about it is it, it's not, um, it doesn't sound like it's something that's difficult to set up. It's just a matter of understanding why you need it and then doing it because it, you know, it sounds like once you do it, then you don't get yourself into those danger zones. Totally. And I mean, honestly, from our experience doing this now for five years and working with um, thousands of clients on this, the hardest step, it seems like, is for the owner to go set up the separate accounts. Once those are actually set up, it's pretty easy. And then it becomes this new habit that they have and they start enjoying it. I mean, how often do yeah. we hear business owners get to tax season and they're like, wait, I owe I owe $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 in tax. Yeah. I don't have that money. You, this is right. wrong. This is, this is wrong. It's like, well, <laughs> unless your financials are wrong that you gave me, it, it's correct. You just happened to spend it. You forgot that you had this commitment because it's not like you only pay it once a year. Uh, and so again, this system is, is glorious to help yeah. solve that type of problem. And okay, so I'm so glad that you brought up taxes because that's something else that I want to talk about. Um, will you debunk <laughs> some of the most dangerous myths around taxes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've been in it so long and I just, uh, I'm over all the myths. So um, if I don't hit some of the ones that you're thinking, feel free to yep. pipe in here. But I You're think 
Um, one of the myths that we often hear is, uh, I, I can't write that off. Like what happens with traditional accounting firms, you get to the point where you feel like the accountant is actually working for the government and not for you. And so when you ask them a question, hey, I wanted to do this, can I write it off? They automatically jump to, no, it's not a write-off. Um, when in reality, there's you know 78,000 pages in the tax code and with a little bit of effort, maybe it could be written off. Of course, sometimes it's not. I mean, I had a client, uh, he tried to write off a belt buckle that he spent $100,000 on. Uh, yeah. What? I know, and I'm like, um, no, no, that, that definitely <laughs> not a write-off. Um, but so here's, here's the simplest way to think about tax deductions. Okay. If you're spending a dollar, and you can relate it to your business in any form, shape, or fashion, then you should consider it as a write-off. Now, again, sometimes you have people who have uh, weird ideas, like this guy with the $100,000 belt buckle. He's like, no, it's totally related. When I get up and give presentations, I, you know, I, it makes me look cool. <laughs> oh, okay, well. making yourself look cool um, is only, only works good for social media if you wanna be disingenuous <laughs> and, uh, not, not doesn't work as a tax deduction. <laughs> but I mean, some people like mileage, for example, My, mileage is one of those things where it's like, well, if I'm driving to a business purpose, like then I can write it off. But we often forget, well, if I'm going somewhere to pick up supplies for the business, those miles driven there can count. If I'm driving somewhere to improve my education, that can then help my business be better, help me be a better business owner. Those are miles I can take. That's an expense I can take. Um, traveling, man, you just have to have business purpose in order to write off the trip. Um, so like with travel itself, you, the IRS, if you were audited, looks at the number of travel days compared to the number of personal days in the trip. And a a business day or for a travel day, you just have to have business purpose in it in order for it to count. It doesn't say it has to be more than 50% of the day. Like I could go to Southern California and uh, if I had a business meeting with a business owner somewhere say around Disneyland and that business meeting took 30 minutes, that makes that day a business day. I could spend the rest of the day at Disneyland now, tax reform, I can't write off my tickets to Disneyland anymore, um, <laughs> but I can at least, that's a travel day, which means um, that's one more day in my trip that counts as business. The day you actually travel, if I flew down to Southern California or drove, that day's a travel day. And if Friday's a business day and Monday's a business day, Saturday and Sunday are automatically included as business days, even if I do no business purpose on those two days. Really? So it becomes really easy to at least write off a part of your travel. Again, as long as you have a uh, real right. reason for business. Uh, but I, I mean, we will get new clients in and there's usually a few thousand dollars of travel that they're missing out on. Yeah, because don't, don't, do you find that like most small business owners err on the side of not writing it off, whatever it is, as opposed to trying to, as opposed to the guy with the belt buckle, trying to write off everything. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You, uh, I feel like they do fall on both ends of the scale. You have the guy, one guy who's writing off his entire life, and then you have the others who won't take anything. Um, I, I rarely find somebody who's in the middle. <laughs> uh, and so it's good. I mean, it, it keeps us in business, right? Both, sure. both ends of the spectrum need guidance because it, it needs to be more in the middle, as, as we know. Being on right. e- any polarizing end isn't really the best place to be. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Right. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And while you probably know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, you might not know about the other content. So head on over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for the trial, and go exploring. Check out the Audible originals and the podcasts and the guided meditations and the news and like everything that's there and the audiobooks. Uh, and I think what you're going to find is that it's really great to be able to get that diversity of content all in one place. So it's a time saver. Uh, I find it fabulous and have really embraced this idea of reading through listening. I'm getting a lot more reading done. <laughs> so head on over and check it out for yourself. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Then pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling, available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Today we're speaking with John Briggs about um, the importance of and how to focus on profit first. Um, So a lot of small business owners, I think, really feel overwhelmed with their, you know, financial situation, and so they have a tendency to um, not pay attention to it or, you know, sort of do the ostrich thing. Um, do you have like simple tips for, for those folks who are feeling that level of overwhelm? Yeah. Um, the first one is a, just a tough love comment. Um, when it comes to finances and we think about the health of our business, really what we're talking about is measuring our results. You measure results, you change activities. If you're unwilling to measure, like the people who stick their head in the sand, that means you're not willing to be held accountable. And ultimately as the owner, you are the one that's accountable. So I promise if you put some time into it, if you're one of those who like are feeling overwhelmed, you're going to see massive results in a positive direction. Um, When it comes to simple tips, Look, I, I'm a big fan of Profit First. I, I think if you haven't heard of the concept, um, you know, buy my book or buy Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First. It, it's a $20 investment. It, you're going to get a lot of good out of it. Um, and if you're unwilling or feel overwhelmed, like I want to do this, but it looks like trying to implement the whole system at once seems like a big deal. Let's start with two things. Set up at least two accounts, one for your tax income tax and one for profit distributions and start setting aside like just 1% of your income into those accounts. At least start there, get, get in this habit of sitting down uh, once a week or twice a month and, and actually transferring money into these other accounts for, for those reasons. Cause 
it's good to reward yourself for being the owner, which is what the profit distribution is for. And it's really good uh, and a lot painless by setting aside your tax dollars throughout the year instead of, oh, I owe 10 grand in tax. Crap, where am I going to get that? Instead, you've ended up setting aside, you know, $500-ish uh, ish, um, every time you sit down. Let, that's easier to swallow and you can still run your business without feeling like you're going to cripple your business. Um, other tips, if you're not regularly looking at your bookkeeping, at least start getting a monthly report from whoever you have doing that. And if you're doing it yourself, I would just say, you know, you can outsource that usually for a lot less dollar amount than the benefit you get by freeing up that time for yourself. Especially if you find yourself overwhelmed, you're probably not super passionate about accounting like I am. Um, most business owners aren't, which is fine. That's why I have a business. <laughs> um, so yeah, at least getting some something. It, it, it's really simple. But yeah, again, if you're not even looking at your numbers on a regular basis, that means you're not willing to be held accountable to how the outcome of your business is coming. And you're likely focusing on top line revenue growth only instead of just looking at expenses. Um, so that's another simple tip. As you get in this habit of setting aside, even if it's 1% into a profit and tax account, at least look at your expenses for the last week. Don't look at the whole year. That could, that could be overwhelming for most people, even accountants sometimes like, oh, I got to look at a whole year of stuff. But you can handle a week. You can look at you know, 20 transactions that occurred over five days and ask yourself as you look at it, like, hey, was this a good investment in my business? Is there some sort of return that I'm getting from spending this money or not? So is it, is it a productive expense or a not productive expense? And you'll be able to start finding a decent amount of expenses that probably aren't doing anything to move the needle for your business. We, when we meet with a new client, one of the first things we have them do and we, we, that we do with them is we identify 10% of their expenses. And, and usually if they've never done this exercise before, it's easy to find 10% of just wasteful spending. So you're gaining right there just by going through that exercise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have a feeling that part of the reason why a lot of small business owners are overwhelmed is because they are trying to do their financials themselves and they're not good at it. And and so it just adds insult to injury to, you know, be doing it that way. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I, I just met with a guy. He has this super awesome powder that can carbonate water. Um, so it's really awesome company. And he's been doing his books for a couple of years. I mean, any state he has investors. I'm, I'm sure I'm like, I'm sure your investors don't want you spending your valuable time of getting this product to market, doing your books. Right. Like, this is crazy. And so yeah. um, he had me do a cleanup project. And so for an accountant, what took me two and a half hours, he was going to take a couple of weeks to do. Um, so just remember that too, as you consider leveraging your money to save you time, someone who's specialized in that area is going to be able to do it more timely than you are. 
So don't say like, well, it's taking me eight hours to do it. I don't know if I could pay someone for eight hours. Mm. You're not going to pay them for eight hours. You might pay them for two or three hours. Oh, that's um, a great point. And look, it doesn't hurt to reach out to people. If you're not, if you currently are doing your own books, it doesn't hurt to reach out to accounting firms to get quotes just to see. It doesn't cost you anything money, any money to find out what the price would be. And you may find right. like, oh my gosh, for 250 bucks, or 300 bucks or 500 bucks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. I had no idea, you know? Right, right. Because we assume that it's going to be a lot more expensive than it, it probably is. And as you said, you know, you, you have to compare it to what you're spending now and what you're not getting to, because it feels like the, the longer it takes, the more opportunity you're missing out on. Yeah, you nailed it. What you're not getting to that's the opportunity cost of, of what we're talking about. What is yeah. that opportunity cost worth to you? What are you not getting to? Oh yeah, that's so big. Yeah. And I think what, what the other thing that, that you said that really struck me um, was about, you know, even if you're just looking at the past week, make sure that you're looking at it. Cause I find that we're better at identifying uh, what's working and what isn't working in real time, then we are trying to go backwards six months from now, you know, looking at six months worth of data and going, okay, well, I don't know. I'm not even sure what that thing is. You know, I, I bought it six months ago. Yeah. I, I honestly, I even had to realize that myself, even as an accountant, when I first started doing this, we would look at an entire year's worth of expenses with the client. And I realized the last 10 months are completely pointless Yeah, because like half the time we'd find expenses and they would, Oh, we're not doing that anymore. All right. Well, we just wasted time then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. We make better decisions and can realize the cause and effect in real time. So just looking at the last week is going to, you're going to know a lot better than looking at from 12 months ago. And so you won't be spending money unnecessarily over a long term, right? You can clip that yep. in the bud pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So th this is so great. Uh, I, it, it's unbelievably valuable um, for the listeners, because I just think so many of them, you know, so many of them are small business owners. And I think we just fall into these traps. Um, now, let's talk about so, so so when a when a how do I want to ask this question? When a small business owner sets up these accounts and is starting to, you know, put that money into the, you know, the profit account, profit distribution and the tax and whatnot, um, you know, there can be a period where they're, you know, really just living paycheck to paycheck until they get all of this up and rolling and, and actual profit is really coming into the business. So, do you have any thoughts on like ways they can avoid burnout? Cause I, I think that's another thing that small business owners, you know, it's so frustrating because once again, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And it, it, I would say more than frustrating, it's devastating to the world because not everybody has the courage to take on the responsibility of being an entrepreneur and trying to go at it on their own and then bringing in team members and then employing those team members and then be responsible for them. So what's devastating is when business owners reach burnout, 
whatever that passion was that got them to start their business, which they believed was going to bring value to the world, that is no longer going to be there. So that passion and that value that they could bring to the world to better humanity is, is no longer there. So for sure, we need to, we need to reduce burnout, but honestly, all the stuff we've talked about, that's the answer. That's what um, I mean, certainly there are, there are other great things. You want to make sure you're taking enough time off um, or scheduling. I, I schedule think time. I have four hours a week. I call it think time. I'm not allowed to have any appointments during that time. I literally just think about the business. Um, so I might work on projects. I might run some numbers. I might like all those things um, that you really aren't giving yourself time to do because you're stuck in the weeds sometimes. Yeah. So I found separating that on my schedule every week has been really helpful. But usually we found once business owners start paying themselves at least a marketable rate, um, and then it's just up from there, of course, because the purpose of Profit First is to always improve profitability. But once they're paying themselves enough, I haven't met a business owner who's burnt out. They just uh, it's like, yeah, I can keep doing this. It's sustainable. And they get that passion gets reinvigorated. They find further ways they can take that passion and find maybe different service avenues or different partners. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy how the simple idea of paying yourself and then not, and then always having cash available for certain scenarios, it, it really has avoided burnout for our clients. I can totally see that. It's like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. And you make better business decisions. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Wow. John, I really appreciate this. Will you tell the listeners um, how they can get your book and how they can find you and all that? Yeah. Stuff, yeah. So um, Profit First for Micro Gyms, uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, if you're looking for some stuff, uh, you can go to our website, insighttax.com backslash wealth. And on that page, we have a free handout that talks about the nine questions we ask ourselves when we're analyzing each expense. Um, so it's, it's really gives you a different paradigm to look at the expenses so that, you know, by the time you've answered all nine of those questions, like this is an expense worth keeping or not. Um, and that's uh, just so people know it's insight as in to incite a riot. Cause we just don't think the government is good at spending our money. Um, it's I N C I T E tax.com backslash wealth. That's terrific. Thanks. I'll make sure that that is in the show notes. And I have to say that one of my takeaways is that think time is carving out that I've already um, decided this year that I'm having a, a creation day where yeah. no appointments, no anything other than I have the day to work on, you know, articles, eBooks, programs, whatever it is that I give myself that, that time. So I love this. Thing That's so great. Yeah. Well. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing this information. I'd also like to thank our listeners. Um, boy, that this, you know, this is like a big aha moment in this episode. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Uh, sign up for the free trial of audible.com and then go exploring. 
and get your sales strategy headed in the right direction with Succeed Without Selling, available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.